Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name's Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocalimp podcast. This week, Apple has held its iPhone event where it's announced a new 5G iPhones and other accessories, including a HomePod mini. As expected, the star of the show was the iPhone 12 with four new models. Yes, four new models. An iPhone 12 mini, an iPhone 12, an iPhone 12 Pro, and an iPhone 12 Pro Max. All four models will come with 5G. Now, the new phones range in sizes between 5.4 inches and 6.7 inches. And the company also confirmed that it would be keeping the iPhone 11 in the lineup, but removing the iPhone 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max. It's all very confusing, but we're here. Don't panic. The new models will not come with a pair of headphones in the box, nor will they come with a charger, but they will come with a lightning to USB-C cable for those that still want to plug things in and not go completely wireless. And the company also unveiled a cheaper HomePod, the HomePod Mini, but didn't launched the much-rumoured over-the-ear AirPods or AirTags. Well, joining me to discuss the big announcements and what they mean for consumers are Pocketlin Associate Editor Dan Grabham and Features Editor Britta O'Boyle. Hello. Hello. Now, let's start in the same way that Apple did with their 70-minute keynote presentation that we sat through this week and briefly talk about the new HomePod Mini. So, Dan, very different proposition from the original HomePod, do you think Apple have got it right this time? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we, you know, it's a, it's a sub £100 or dollars smart speaker, which really takes it into the realms of competing head-on with uh, uh, Google's new Nest Audio and um, Amazon's Echo device as well. So, they, you know, whereas the, the original HomePod was more of a expensive um a Sonos-esque device that really was was aimed at at people that wanted the very best audio they could get in a one box solution. This is this is much more um, sort of have it on the table in the kitchen or uh, in in the bedroom. They're much m- a much different different sort of proposition really. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how they can sort of compete with within this space and also whether it's going to be. You know, they've announced new, some new new um, capabilities for Siri with it, but it's going to be interesting to see how it does in terms of, you know, competing with obviously better voice assistants in terms of Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant as well. Yeah, and Britta, I suppose it's one of the key things that seemed to announce last night that, that kind of implies that whole turning it, you know, in putting it in multiple rooms is this intercom system. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I quite quite like the idea of that. Do you think you'll you you would be tempted to use that, and or are you just like most parents, just stand at the bottom of the stairs shouting, "Dinner's on the table." Well, I definitely do really that, lovely. but um, I do use Google Assistant's version of it, which is called Broadcast, I believe. Um, so I do use that quite a lot. Sometimes, if if one of us is in the office outside, then I'd use that to say, "Dinner's ready," or whatever so I can see how it would be useful especially since it does it on your airpods and your apple watch so I mean it's quite good that it goes across all of your apple devices if you've got a family that's well into apple then I can see that working 
<laughs> yeah, because I suppose one of the interesting things was the the CarPlay feature. So you could be coming, you could be driving on the way home, yeah. and start saying to everybody in the house, uh, "I'm I'm on the way home." Um, I do worry though that they kind of this is a this feels like a very similar version to Walkie Talkie, which they launched on the Apple Watches, and through all the excitement of the first week of having Walkie Talkie on my Apple Watch, uh, I then quickly just turned it off. Um, yeah. And it, and it hasn't come back on since. Do you think that? Do you think that will? Do you, is this a, a tech that will follow down that same back of the sofa technique, Dan? Yeah, I think I, I think it, it will do to, for many people. But also, um, as I said, with with outside office or with a you know a bigger home, it can also be useful. I mean, I use the um, the the Echo equivalent. Um, but I mean, I guess I guess one criticism is that these things have been on the competing voice assistants for a while. You know, we're not really uh, you know, we're, we're in terms of year, we're years on from from when these things first appeared. So it's a bit of a bit of a strange time to be putting it out there. You know, why couldn't we have had this device two years ago? With you know, the Home mm. Pod is Home original Home Pod is three years old. Um, it was launched. What well, was announced three years ago was launched early 2000, uh, 2018. Um, so it's a bit odd that 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 they couldn't have done this before and and had a had a a, a bigger range of smart speakers really. Yeah, and I suppose that's the final statement here, isn't it? Is that Amazon and Google seem to be so far ahead in this in this market? You know, look back at even only two weeks ago with the amount of Echo devices that Amazon is now pushing on and pushing into, not just sort of round speakers, also spherical in in shape with their new their new Echoes, but you know, in the car, everywhere else. And it just feels that Alexa is is also light years ahead of, of Siri on that. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see whether this is enough or whether it's just a an additional purchase for iPhone Apple fans. Yeah, I think I think I think that's where it fits in really. It's people that are that are wedded to the Apple ecosystem, um, but haven't, you know, haven't got a haven't haven't immersed themselves in a in a in a smart home system yet. Um it obviously uh, Alexa and Google Assistant are pretty good on iOS anyway, so um, that you know a lot of people will have these devices. But I guess there's going to be a subset of people that haven't, or they might have one HomePod and add these as extra devices. Now, moving on to the iPhones, which is the real meat of the sandwich of this event that we've seen this week. Britta, what do we think? I mean, there is a decision here that someone's turned around and said, you know what, people don't want these massive phones. Well, they do because we'll still sell those, but they also want really small phones. What, what do we think is going on there? I think that actually quite a lot of people do want a small phone. I know so many people that um, ask me how big the 6.1 inch phone actually is when it comes to um, the when it, when they were talking about the 11, they were saying that it was, um, is it too big? Is it not? And obviously the 12 is now the same size and so is the 12 Pro. Um, but I genuinely think there is definitely a market for those that want it to fit in their pocket. They don't want these massive phones, um, that there is something quite sweet about a smaller device and a, that can do exactly the same thing as what the larger device does. So I I think there's definitely a market for it. I can see lots of people going for that over the other ones um especially since it's cheaper as well because if you're changing your phone every year then it's a lot of money to pay three or four years ago we were seeing sort of compact devices weren't we but they weren't as good as the as the flagship phones whereas we're starting to see that trend change where we're having you know 
quite quite good flagship phones in in small in smaller sizes and that's that that's probably going to be a trend that we're going to see from other manufacturers as well i think yeah and i mean it's interesting to see certainly going from the american prices that you now within the range because they've kept the iphone se which obviously they launched at the beginning of this year they've I've kept the 10R, which I'm quite surprised at still, uh, and the 11. It's a big seller, though, isn't it? It's a big seller, the 10R. So I guess that's why they've kept it. Kept it yeah, in. so you've now, going on American prices from what they announced this week, you've got four, you know, 399 $400 for the iPhone SE. And then it seems to be, you know, there's a 499 there's a 599 there's a 699 and then there's a 999 So it's a real kind of how much of $1,000 do you have to spend? And those prices kind of equate to UK and, and Euros as well. But it's, you know, how much do you want to spend? We've got the size or a device that kind of fits all sort of realm, all walks of life, which is very different from when, you know, even only a couple of years ago when it was just, well, we've got the, we've got the big one or we've got the big one and that's it. <laughs> you know, it's like one phone, one phone for this year. Um, How do you think that, do you, do you fear though, that, Britta, that maybe the, the 12, just the straight 12, is going to get lost in all of this? Or do you think it's got enough? You've been comparing all the phones on Pocketland already, but do you think it's got enough to, to stand its ground? Or do you think it will be you either go for the Mini or you go for the Pro range? Yeah, I have to say I do agree that you'd either go for the Mini or the Pro because um, I think that the 12 has got plenty. And if someone asked me, I'd probably recommend the 12. Um as a device, mainly because I think that you get an awful lot of features still compared to the Pro. You, I mean, you don't you don't get quite as many camera features, perhaps, obviously, but you do you certainly get enough, I think, of a phone for that money without having to go to the Pro. So if if the size wise, if you're looking for the size, then maybe if you don't have the budget, the 12 is a good option. But I'd honestly think that the 12 Mini is a little bit cuter and still offers all of that and while the pro will then give you that little bit extra and feel like especially with the finish because it looks like it's a lot quite a lot more premium um so i i would say that the 12 will get maybe a little bit lost this year whereas the 11 i don't think did um at all i think it was a a really smart option the uh, 11 last year so yeah. Now, I'm sure I'm going to get lots of criticism for this, probably from you, Britta, straight away on the call. It, the Mini does feel a little, it would be perfect for a clutch bag. <laughs> Just, do you know what I mean? Just fitting it in there or for guys who want to wear tight, you know, skinny tight jeans or whatever. Just, you know, gets it in there. It's it's easy. It's small. It's all the other stuff. Am I completely misguided on that? No, I think you're prob- I think that's probably fair. Although if you've got a handbag or a clutch, clutches are quite big these days or can be. Oh, so um, you'd probably fit in the bigger device if you wanted it in there. You could definitely fit it in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got I've got the 11 Pro and that fits that fits perfectly into most of my handbags. So. I mean, not that you're probably needing to use those at the moment anyway, based no, on the fact that we're kind of not really out. going out or certainly not going to awards dinners and all the other stuff. Um, so Dan, let's flip it over now to the the 12 Pro range. Um, what do you, what's your standout here? Um, I think I've got to go with the, the Pro Max. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm all for the bigger phone anyway. So I've got a 10S Max at the moment. So I'm, you know, the the Pro Max is obviously the one I'm when I I'm looking at. But I I, I think you know with it, they've gone they've gone back this time to having a, a, a different camera on the, the the 12 Pro Max as to as to the 12 Pro, um, where it, you know it's a be, it, it, it's a, a better setup. So that's that. There's a clear definition between the, the the 12 Pro and the Pro Max, whereas 
last year we were basically looking at the same phone just a different sizing yeah so i find i find this quite frustrating because i i've always geared towards i don't like the bigger sizes you know the pro or the, the not the pro the the max in this instance uh, and the plus and things like that and and was always frustrated and slightly annoyed that to that that would always have the better camera and it'd be like well i want that better camera but i don't want you know but i don't want the size to go with it do you do you think that will bother people or is it just me being a pain i think it's going to bother some people yeah because like you say not everyone you know we've talked about, talked about size quite a bit but not everyone wants that bigger size but there's clearly a, a a set of you know a set of people that are willing to go for the 12 pro as opposed to the 12 mini or the the 12 because that's you know that's that that's what they go for even though you know the sizing of, of the 12 and uh, the 12 and 12 pro is similar but um yeah i i, I think that that's definitely a an issue but i think that's kind of a bit of a a issue across the board with iphones now there's actually quite a lot of choice in the range and it's really difficult to know what to go for you know if the the with the 11 still there and the 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 10r as well so i think uh you know it's even it's even a, a problem further down the range that people aren't aren't going to necessarily know what to buy i mean i suppose it also to me it kind of comes across as this you know the the pro max now is really trying to live up to that professional you know, pro title, and it's probably going to be one of the, you know, in the, even in the presentation, they kind of had these running horses where the, there was a, an iPhone being strapped to the back of a truck, and then it was strapped to a drone and, and all the other stuff. And it was, you know, it had optical image stabilization, and it had Dolby Vision recording in camera and, and all this stuff, which I, I suppose, if you, if you're into that kind of industry, then you're going to buy a, a Pro Max, it's got a bigger screen to be able to view that stuff back on, and it's got the better cameras, and you'll just be you're, you're using it as a workhorse rather than something that you're going to you know take to the pub and drop in a pint of beer. Yeah, I mean the Dolby Vision editing was was a bit of a wow moment, wasn't it? Really, because um, you know we've we've been led to believe in the past that you're going to need some you know some powerful devices to, uh, to to be able to edit this stuff, but actually there it was in the Photos app being edited pretty simply and you're, you're thinking wow that's quite a that's quite a step up um i don't know how you felt about it Stu. yeah i mean i remember going when 4k was just becoming a thing going on uh going on a tour of uh sony studios in los angeles to to talk about you know to be talked about 4k and all those other stuff and there was a brand new camera that had just come out that they were using to film oblivion and uh beyond earth and a load of other sony titles and and some other TV shows and stuff. And I think they were like 65 grand just for the main unit or something, just to be able to start to be able to record in 4K. And here we are, probably five, six years later, uh, someone turning around saying, oh, yeah, you do that all on camera. Now, I know that that's a very brush stroke of, a, of an of, assumption, but you know, it does show that it, it's, it's moving on considerably um, with that. And, and I think that's quite impressive. Um, Britt. I know you have a soft spot for design. How do we feel about the iPhones going back to what many people are saying is, is very iPhone 4-esque in its, in its approach? absolutely love it. I'm, I'm, I love it. I, think it. I think it's so much nicer than the curves. All the phones are curved now. It's boring. It's got boring. They're all the same. So at, at least this like, shakes it up again for a little bit. They'll probably go back to curves in a couple of years. But I think that... The square, I, I really like it. I, a lot of people, when you talk about iPhone design, so many people say they like the five and the four 
S um, when it sw- when it went slightly squarer. So I think yeah. that the design will um, go down really well with people that sort of are that like design or that are into that kind of stuff. Now, and a bit like when you buy a new car, you're always like nowadays it's like, what colours it come in? You know, how big's the how big's the boot or the trunk? Um, the new colours, I'm not so sure about that gold. I'm not sure about the gold, but the Does blue very... is beautiful. The Pacific blue. Yeah. I th- like the green. I thought the green was stunning last year. So I am I am all for that blue colour. I think it's a bit different, a little bit fun. I think I love it. I think it's I think it looks lovely. And Dan, given a choice, which I mean obviously you go for the max. You are a gold man, aren't you? I can see that with a nice big fat gold chain, some, <laughs> some nice rings. <laughs> I'm, I haven't been a fan of the rose gold in the past, but I have had I I did have a gold, I think, at six plus. And um, that was fantastic. I, I really liked the gold finish on that. So, yeah, I'd probably go for the gold, actually. <laughs> full, full bling-tastic. Danny G in the house. <laughs> to be fair, the gold the gold on the, the 11 Pro is nice too. Um, I just think that the blue is lovely. It's got, got something a little bit different. Yeah, it was nice to see you on the 12, though, that they've gone for this array of colours again. You know, and it's not just the, you know, I remember the excitement I think when the iPhone 4 came out, it's like either four or five. It's like, it's in white. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and now we're kind of, you know, talking about sort of, I'm not sure what that green is called. It's Mid-night on the 12. It's probably. Was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, last year. So I think it's like a mint green or something. They won't, call, they'll just call it green. They won't, you know. Yeah, that, and that the, kind of, the 12 is called just green, I think, this year. And that kind of follows from the coral and the light blue and the, and the, and the yellow and things like that from, from previous years as well. I, and, and certainly it, it I think, as always with these things, it's nice to see for those that buy them, it's one of those things it's striking enough that you'll put that on the table and people are, oh, you've got a new phone. That's, that's it, you know, and then it's a talking point, which is exactly what the people that buy them want to happen, um, which is why, you know, it's never, you've always got to swap the color each year if you are upgrading each year, because then it shows that you've got a new device and that's exciting. That um, now, talking of, uh, of new, they've, they've now sort of introduced this thing called MagSafe. Dan, what's what's that about? Yeah, so um, old name because it was used on the the magnetic chargers for the older MacBooks. Um, so it's a bit strange they've revi- revived it, but I guess there's some some nostalgia there in a way. And you know, to Apple Apple fans, it it means something, uh, and you know, they will know exactly they will know immediately how it works. Or probably so, just the trademark man said, "Look, we've got this in a cupboard. Just use yes. this; it'll be easier." <laughs> yeah. Probably they've done all the groundwork on it, so yeah, it stopped everyone else from using it. That's right, yeah. So, but it basically, so that you know, obviously the iPhones have been wireless charging for a while, but this adds some magnets to the the back of the phone in, internally, obviously, um, that basically clamps the charger on, and so it's easier to place on the charger. Um, obviously, Apple are going to be able to sell a lot more accessories this way um so there's there's a you know there's obviously that that side of it um we've seen apple announce air power before the long rumored air power that then died and then came back and then died again um <laughs> so the the you know they they've they've struggled with the concept of wireless charging for a while i think in terms of what what accessories they should have so this will hopefully put that to bed however you know it's it's for a lot of lot of iPhone iPhone users, they were still charged via the cable, um, and obviously a lot of people that have had a had a 
um, an iPhone of the last two, two, three, four years would have had would have a wireless charger of some description anyway, if they if that's what they wanted. So um, that, that they're not going to be any less relevant. So I guess um, it's a it's just another option, really. I I would have thought really for most people. Yeah, I mean, I've, I I wirelessly charge my iPhone, and I must admit, every so often you do get that moment where you put it on the chart, you put it on the pad, and you get come up the next, you know get up the next morning, and you go, oh, I must have knocked it as I was putting it down. It didn't, it didn't charge. Yeah, that's yeah, that, you know, which that's is the right? So you just, just so that will solve it. I presume having you know only got the information we're going off from the event and stuff so far, I presume it will work in a similar way to the Apple Watch in that kind of you know it just snaps on it, it kind of starts charging and off you go yeah is that going to be the case for it i would imagine so that that would seem likely to be honest um i also do what you do i've knocked it before and then i've woken up and it's not had much juice for the day so i actually think that this feature will be a good thing for at least at least it means you get a fully charged phone you don't have to worry about where you're placing it and stuff most of the time it works perfectly but sometimes it is quite annoying if it's that happened um now so and i suppose the magsafe then ties in nicely with this move from an environmental issue of of ditching most of the stuff that's in the box yeah i'm sort of there's there's several schools of thought on this isn't there i mean one is they're going to save on cost mm-hmm. um two is that you know they that it, it means that it's sort of a, a, a more universal thing because they don't have to you know they don't have to include a local plug in the box because obviously there's localization required and that adds adds cost and, and that kind of thing um and there's yeah like you say the environmental the environmental side of it i mean most people would have a have a charging plug as was however the difference this time is it's lightning to USB-C, um and most people don't currently have a USB-C. Uh, you know charger probably i mean they might do if they had an android phone no but i suppose they've got an old usb a to lightning cable kicking around they could use the old cable yeah but i mean so i guess there's that's yes there's that side of it as well but i mean to be honest i use i use usb to c to lightning all the time because i i plug it into a usb c port in my, on my laptop but i can imagine a lot of people getting getting the box and then going well actually i haven't got the charger the right charger for this so, yeah, I've given that charger away, like yeah. with the when I sold it, or I gave it to the kids, or something. Yeah. Now, what am I supposed to do? Why am I supposed to do now? Yeah, so I, I can imagine some frustration there. I don't think there'll be much frustration around the headphones because, you know, people are people are used to having other headphones, and actually, the quality the quality was okay with the the last earpods but they weren't great were they uh yeah over the summer i went uh, took all my cables and stuff and back to the recycling center and, and took them recycling you can actually do it in apple stores now they're open as well i i dread to think how many apple iphone apple iphone earphones i had in, in that box it was just a whole bag of stuff which i was like this is i'm never going to use all this stuff ever again i'm just going to recycle it um Britt, do you think do you think the combination here is is a from an environmental point of view that's great it does allow you to you know reduce the box it does allow them to reduce the box the localization thing is, is also a genius in the sense that you don't you can just ship them anywhere now in that sense yeah. um but also it kind of tells us of a of a distant future or even a near future where with the magsafe you won't need to have a cable at all yeah, true. And I'm guessing that will be the case in a few years time. I mean, it is annoying if you've got to actually plug it in. Um, so yeah, 
think I think it probably will be what the future will have will do or will happen in the future and I guess they won't be the they might be one of the first to do it but they won't be the last I'm sure there'll be other companies following suit in terms of ditching the plugs and the rubbish headphones that come with them so at the very least you hopefully if everyone does it then it will help the environment completely won't it and then in a couple of years time you'll be like I haven't got a charger for anything (laughs) what what am I supposed to do now (laughs) so um let's 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 wrap this up then on the on the whole verdict from you Britta about all the announcements are we excited are we is this something we should you know is it a good year for Apple from from an iPhone perspective I think it's exciting. I like that they've changed the design a little bit. So I think it's more exciting than it was last year because I know last year they changed it too, but at least this year the actual frame has changed. So I feel like it will look like a different phone without having to flip it over onto the back. So I'm excited. I think it's great. And Dan? Yeah, I I thought it was a good good event, good good raft of devices. HomePod Mini, interesting to see where that's going to fit in. But in terms of the phones, I thought, you know, uh, great range. Um, also 5G, obviously, um, and you know there were some good software enhancements as well. So I was I was quite impressed, really. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, pip pip. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 